Welcome back to another edition of The Next Chapter, a Senior Care Transitions podcast. I'm your host, Dan Topkin, President of Home Health Options Group and Caregivers for Less, serving Northern Virginia's home care needs for over 20 years. This is episode number 33, Will Awareness. And my special guest today is Russell Parker, a Legal Shield Independent Associate and a darn good friend of mine. Russell, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you very much for having me here. Well, it is it is Will Awareness Month, August. Yes, it is. So there are a lot of us out there that know what a will is and a lot that think they know what a will is. So the first question is just to get a good baseline for everything. What is a will? A will is also called sometimes a last will. It's not just a legal document, but it's a profound expression of your deepest desires and your last wishes. So you're protecting what is valuable to you and your assets. With our, uh, our loved ones, with, the, with our uh, elderly loved ones, what is so important about having a will for mom and dad, for seniors? That's a great question, Dan, because what happens is people try to take advantage of the older. The elders get hacked all the time, and about 70% of the elders do not have a will because they think it's going to cost too much money to try to get it. The kids don't think about it because they're far as they know, their parents have taken care of everything. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very, very important for the family to talk to their parents. Ask them, do you have your estate uh, set up? And most of them will tell them no. And that's where I can come in to help them to do that. When you're talking about estates, uh, is that just the house or are there other things that are involved in in that? It's everything that is of value to you. So it could be bank accounts. It could be, you know, your credit cards. You know, you have to take Mm -hmm. care of your credit cards because you want to make sure that they can get passed on to your family. In some states it can some states it can't by law. So you have those kind of things. But a lot of times they have mixed families. So you might have a person, you know, they married and their wife has two kids. And then you've got two kids. Without that will saying how you want everything split between all those kids, somebody's kids might be cut out of a will. And those are very important. And the will lets in the executive, lets you to give you an executor of your estate that can take care of everything, and it's your wishes. So as long as it's a will, it's been notarized, it's legal, it's binding, no one can change that. I've heard there are more than one type of will, okay? We, we all hear about, you know, living will, but what are the other types of wills, and how do they differ? Can you have more than one? yes. Um, there's actually nine different types of wills. Wow. Some of them are, you don't want to mess with, but there is nine types of wills. As you said first, 
We have a living will. Um, that's a legal document, but it's a profound expression of your deepest desires and your last wishes, which will also allow you to appoint an executive responsible for carrying out your wishes and managing your estate. Caveat is make sure your living will is valid in the Pacific state. Okay, so if, let's say, we lived outside of Virginia, okay, okay. and had the will done, uh, and now you have brought mom and dad here to Virginia, where you live, do they have to get a new will, or would the other states be valid still? No, they would have to get a new will for that part. Uh, what are some of the other types of wills? You've got a testamentary trust will. That's set up for trust because it's an in, it isn't formed until after your death. They can be a good option if you need to set up a long-term care for beneficiaries. Caveat to that is the trust wills will go through probate, which can be a significant disadvantage. It's formed after yes. your death, but you can, you can do it ahead of time, correct? Absolutely. Okay. And okay. that's the just... best thing to do because it, then it will just pass through probate. Okay, excellent. Well, you know, one of the things we, we do talk a lot about on the podcast is preparing for the future. You know, you want to do every, you, you don't want to be behind. You, you want to stay out ahead of things. And, and this is one of those, those options with the, uh, the trust will. What are some of the other types of wills? Uh, there's one called a pour over will. And what, this is a kind of a unique will. It's, it gives you more privacy than a regular last will allowing you to add assets that didn't directly go to a beneficiary into your trust after you passed away. The will also is useful if you haven't put everything in your trust. Property must go through probate before it ends in your trust, which can take time and money and cause stress for your loved ones, though. We've, we've dealt with um, probate for a number of our clientele who have passed. Is there a set time for probate? I've seen some that that are short and, and some that are longer. Is there an average time for probate? Do you know of that? I don't know if there's an actual average time. I know when my father-in-law died, everything with his was everything already set up. And it passed right through probate. And I, I think it was around two weeks. It was done. Um, but I've, I have heard some probates going two to two and a half years. So get things set up. Get things set up. It'll is be the easier easiest, for your family. Easiest for your family after you pass. Yeah. Well, you know that that's what a lot of the uh, the listeners and, and clients want to do. They want to make it easier for their family after they pass. Then you have a simple will. These do not contain many clauses, so they're pretty straightforward. You designate a guardian for your minor. You appoint an executor. Can be simple. Simple as that. But now. The executor's got to figure out what you want. You haven't put your stuff in there to let them know what your desires are. So you've named someone to be the executor of your estate, but they don't really have any guidelines on what you wanted, what you wanted. Simple wills are not the best options for a complicated, large estate. You're talking will as you, as the individual. Do you have one, or is there one, with uh, joint spouses, couples? Yes, we have a joint will. Okay. And a joint will is a document for two people. They're most time to use where make each other beneficiary after one passes. Okay, so in my case, well, my wife, if I die, 
everything goes to her automatically. When she dies, then it comes out to how we're setting it up for our family. Okay. Cause that's already been predetermined. So that's a good, that's a good way of doing it too, you know, for us. And then you list the important stuff that you want in there. So the executor will know what your desires were and your wishes. Now, the one thing about the joint will, it automatically becomes irrevocable after the first person dies. So if, from what I understand, because I'm not a lawyer, but I've just been around this a long time, is let's say my wife dies and I decide I want to get remarried and I want to change it. I cannot change it. It's going to stay the way it was because it was written with my previous wife. You mentioned uh, executor a number of times. Does the executor of your estate have to be a family member? No, no. It can be anybody. I got a fr- best friend of mine is a military guy that is my medical executor. Take care of my directive because I want to take that away. And, you know, a lot of people will do that because that's very hard on your spouse. You know, if you need to make that terrible decision, they can't do it because they love you. They know you. They've known you. He'll, he'll return. He'll or she'll return. She'll fight. She wants to be here. So there's a there's another type of will when someone is say on their deathbed, correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. Can you can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yes. Um, they are not effective most of the time. Okay. Because they're under circumstances of distress and mental stability. So someone who is uh, who is under hospice care, let's right. say, you don't necessarily recommend a a deathbed will, but if that is the only will that they have, that is something that that they could utilize. Correct. It would depend upon the state that they're in, whether they will honor it or not. Here in the Commonwealth, I don't know. Okay, fair enough. And then you got. A new one, well, not new, but it's called an online will. Okay. It's a fairly new concept in estate planning. Be careful, though, because DIY companies, you've got to know who you're creating your will because they got all your information. And you got to make sure when you're doing this that the state that they're doing it, it's not a generic form. It's got to be state-specific form, that they're u- documents that they're using. Everything in Commonwealth has got to be Virginia documents. Uh, what are some of the, uh, you had mentioned nine. Uh, what, what are some of the other types? You got of a holographic wills? will. These are mainly used for handwritten wills for extreme and unexpected circumstances like war or life-threatening situations. The bad part about that is it's not recognized in every state. And that's what you got to make sure that it is. It's going to be recognized. Because if you're not here, you can't change it. And then you got a non-cuptive will, which is verbal explanation that expresses your last will, not okay. recognized in every state. And most of the time, they will not recognize as valid in every state. You're looking at the creation of a will. Can you have more than one of these types of wills in your name? Yes. And that's for like, let's say you're living in Virginia, but you own property in North Carolina. You can actually set up a will for an executor to handle that in North Carolina from down there that can take care of that because that's separate from your state up here because that's a different state. So it has its own laws. So you need to have somebody doing it so you can actually set up a will for that specifically 
to uh, take care of that. We have, um, you know, a number of children do bring their parents, their elderly parents, to Virginia. So always stay up, not only on the Commonwealth, but if you have property uh, or any, any part of your estate in another state, even after you move, move your parents here, you can still set up another will for everything. Yes. Now, if you have a will already set up, you can take that will and use that in Legal Shield, and that can be actually transferred to a Virginia will for the parents. Okay. Here, they'll actually do that for you. If you have something in in the state that you're in, you've remained in the state, you created it 20 years ago. You you obviously need to update your will. Absolutely. Because if you don't, what's happened 20 years ago, you might have children. They're out of that will if you don't have it and something happens to you. Or you've got a blended, uh, blended family. Somebody's going to be cut out. So it's very, very important to, if something's changed in, say, 2022, then you need to look at it and see how much did it change. And then you can do addendment to the existing will and adding that as part of your will. But it's always important to make sure that the laws, tax laws change, real estate laws change. So it's always important to make sure that you're always up on the legal side of it. But if not, it hasn't changed, I would still about every two years have it updated. So every two years, everybody hears that. Roughly every two years, unless you have major changes in between, update your will. Yes. We've, we've talked a lot about the creation of the will. How do you bring that topic up with family? That, that's never an easy topic. I've been working with Legal Shield now for many, many years. And I simply, when I'm talking to my clients, I just tell them, it's your last love letter to your spouse and your family. Because when you're gone, they're grieving. You don't need them to have to figure out what you wanted done to make you happy. So give them the last love letter. Simple as that. Let's have a conversation. Don't put it off. Most people do not get a will because it makes them face their mortality. And most people don't want to do, don't want to, or they can't do that. That's a big mountain to climb. Yes, it is. It's a very, very big mountain to climb. But it's going to be harder for who you leave to climb that mountain. Very well put. Very well put. Thank you. So you are a, uh, a Legal Shield independent associate. With Legal Shield, how do you go about contacting them and creating the will? I do that several ways, but most of the time it's by referrals. Someone says, hey, I got a friend of mine. He needs to talk to you about getting a will set up. You can do that, right? Yes. So I'll go talk to the people. And Legal Shield is in every state. We have thousands of lawyers working for us. And the average legal services that we have is about 21 years of experience. And Legal Shield does every single area of law. There's 15 areas of law that it's going through, and that lists all the different stuff that we do. Criminal, real estate, 
immigration, maritime, uh, you know, civil, all that kind of stuff. So we do the will for you. You buy a plan. It's a membership plan. It's a monthly fee. You're not in a contract. They'll get a membership number. And at that time, I will let them know that this is your law firm here in the state of Virginia. And I'll send them a, a will document questionnaire. And they can fill that out, send it to the law firm, and they'll start the process. In about 10 days, you'll get your, your will back. Now, in that time, a lawyer is calling you. Every bit of legal advice you get, and it was always going to be by a lawyer. Never an assistant. It's going to be a lawyer. They will call you, and they will go through each thing that you wrote in that you wanted to go through to make sure that they understand they're making notes, and then they put it into the, the will for you. They send it to you. You review it. And if everything is in there that you want, you let them know that it's good. And then they will send you the final documents. And once they send them to you there, then you can go get them notarized by a notary and everything, and they become legal then. At that time, you want to give one to your medical directive uh, executor, and you want to give one to the executor of your estate. So in my case, I've put my oldest daughter, you know, for the estate part, and then my Marine buddy for my medical. So both of them got that. And all the kids, they know exactly what's going on. So that's, that's how simple and easy it is. With Legal Shield, you can just pick up your phone because wherever your phone is, you got your law firm in the palm of your hand. You just hit the red button that says emergency law firm. A few seconds after it rings, you'll get answered by a lawyer. That alone in unlimited consultation is worth an hour in attorney's fee for the whole year. What's the best way to get in touch with you directly? You can call me at 540-272-0554, or you can email me at russellparker at legalshieldassociate.com. And you can also go to my website, russellparker.wearelegalshield.com. Russell, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me. And educating us on Will Awareness Month and why we need to have at least one will in the Commonwealth. <laughs>